0: Welcome to Teaching Matters, the University of Edinburgh's hub for discussing, showcasing, critiquing, and celebrating teaching and learning. We are a website, a blog, a podcast, and maybe most importantly, a small group of people passionate about providing platforms for conversations revolving around teaching and learning in higher education. If you're looking to discover educational resources, read the latest academic developments and research or listen to thought-provoking conversations between educators and learners, Teaching Matters is the place for you. It's academia made accessible. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode.
1: Hello, my name is Fiona Philippi, and I'm head of doctoral education at the Institute for Academic Development here at the university. I'm here today to have a chat with Professor Patrick Haydog, who is the personal chair of Arterial Remodelling and the director of postgraduate student and early career researcher experience in the College of Medicine and Veterinary Medicine. In this short conversation, we'll focus on research supervision. It would be really great if you could start by telling me a bit more about your role and particularly about your experience as a research supervisor.
2: Yeah, sure. So as you said in your introduction, I'm a chair in arterial remodeling. And so my job combines research and teaching and also student and early career researcher support. So for my research, I'm interested in processes that cause narrowing of arteries or the growth of new blood vessels. And I have a continuing programme of research in this area. Uh, For teaching, I contribute to a number of undergraduate courses and I'm also co-organiser of a final year honours elective in cardiovascular pharmacology and therapeutics. And my support and administrative role is as the director for postgraduate research student and early career researcher experience for the College of Medicine and Veterinary Medicine. And this role oversees support and quality assurance for our students, their supervisors and for our early career researchers. I got this final post really on the back, I think, of my experience as a PhD supervisor and then through my work supporting early career researchers through a number of initiatives. So I've been a PhD supervisor since 1996, and over this time I've supervised 32 students to completion. And this was a cohort that included 19 women and 13 men who came from 13 different countries and and obviously a wide variety of different backgrounds. So I've had quite a lot of experience of addressing the, the challenges of PhD supervision.
1: Indeed, thank you, thank you very much. And what what do you find the most enjoyable aspect of supervision?
2: I mean, I just really like supervision in general. The the most enjoyable part for me is that it gives you the opportunity to contribute to state of the art research into what are fascinating and important healthcare questions, but to combine this with working with intelligent and highly motivated young people. And the single best part, I find, is seeing the PhD students develop as they take control of their own research projects, make them successful, and then move forward into fulfilling careers, whatever it is they decide to go in at the end of their programme.
1: I would assume that you, you keep in touch with quite a few of the the people that you've supervised.
2: Yes, yeah. You, sort of, you very often come across students uh, or ex-students in academic life, but also I, I do get updates and, and communications from students who've gone on into non-academic science following their, their degree. And it's always great to hear back and find out how they're getting on. And to and get some insights into the increasing number of opportunities there are for people who successfully complete a PhD.
1: Yeah, and sort of on the flip side, what do you find to be some of the most challenging aspects of being a research supervisor?
2: I think the single most challenging thing is time. There's always too much to do. There's always too little time. And this is a challenge faced by, well, almost every PhD student that three years isn't enough to answer all the questions. 10 years wouldn't be enough to answer all the questions. So one of the challenges is keeping your research targets realistic and achievable, but making sure that they remain important and significant as you move forward. And so it's making sure that you can allow time for the research, but also time to interact with the, the students themselves, because it's, it's not all about being at the bench and doing science. It's about fostering a research environment that people are happy and successful in. You sometimes have to remind yourself that there's a human aspect to this and that we need to take as, as much attention to the human aspect as to the science.
1: Indeed, yeah. And you were one of the first in the UK to complete the UK Council for Graduate Education Supervision Recognition Programme. Can you tell me a bit more about this programme and why you were interested in getting involved?
2: Yes, I thought the UKCGE initiative to have a a recognition programme for supervisors was an extremely promising and important step forward. Supervision is something that traditionally has been learned. So the, the assumption has been that if you're a good researcher, you'll in essentially become a, a good supervisor. And we traditionally had a, a master-apprentice approach where a PhD student would join the, the group of a successful academic, and hopefully the experience would rub off. And so that puts an awful lot of pressure on the supervisor to, to be effective and good at what they're doing, and whilst remaining world-leading researchers. It also puts a lot of pressure on the student to adapt and to develop with with actually a minimum of formal help. And that approach has changed over the last couple of decades at least, and we're moving much more towards a structured training programme for PhDs. And there's been very little to really help prepare supervisors for that. So I I felt that the idea of bringing in something that firstly recognised the quality and the abilities of the supervisors in the system was a good thing, but more than that for me, what it provided was an opportunity to reflect and review on my own experiences and practice and to analyse those experiences in the context of the wider community and the academic literature on supervision, which going back to time, I've always found difficult to make time to look at in detail. And actually looking at the literature and getting the realisation that the experience of supervisors in Edinburgh, in scotland in the uk and beyond are very similar and a lot of the very similar issues arise and so this opportunity to compare my experience and approach to supervision to to the approaches and experience of other supervisors i found was really useful and it it prompted me to go back and question the way i did some things to see if there were ways i could do things better and also to to take advantage of really exciting approaches i think that other people are using to improve their supervision and to improve the experience for their students
1: right yeah and you might have you've actually probably covered this but is there anything that you would add about what you found to be valuable um a a valuable
2: aspect of the program yeah so i I think this this goes back to you know socrates the unexamined life is not worth living idea and that i think self-reflection is a really important aspect of learning and development and the lack of time often means that that gets pushed into the background a bit so i think the process did give me that opportunity to reflect on my own performance as a supervisor And it gave me a greater understanding of how I approach supervision. And it gave me the incentive as well to consider what worked well and what could be improved on in the context of research experience as a whole. One of the things that is clear is that everybody is influenced by their own experiences of supervision and the research environment and tends to take that experience into the way they become supervisors. And I think it's really valuable to be reminded that there are other ways to do things and other ways to approach issues. And that taking the time to consider your practice is, is a very sensible thing to do on a regular basis.
1: Right. Yeah, I wanted as well. I mean, I, I think one of the things that uh, we find from people who do teaching accreditation programs is it sometimes also gives them the confidence to carry on and, and do things that they maybe have been doing, but they haven't realized that was actually sort of good practice.
2: I I think that's absolutely right. And I I think that that goes across a whole number of disciplines. In fact, I'm a a rugby coach as well. And one of the things with rugby coaching courses is that they often don't tell you anything new, but they do give you that confidence that what you're doing is fitting into the overall picture of the way that that particular discipline's going. And I think that is an issue in academic supervision, particularly given, as I said earlier, that we're changing from a master-apprentice model to what is now most commonly in our institution, a co-supervision model, where the dynamic between the student and the supervisor has changed, and the dynamic between co-supervisors has changed, and managing those dynamics can be one of the biggest challenges, I think, being a PhD supervisor.
1: Thank you. I have one last question. And this is focuses on what kind of advice would you give a new supervisor? And I, I know that you're, you're involved in, in doing this quite regularly. So what are your sort of top tips for, for people who are starting out
2: as supervisors? Well, I, I would start out, first of all, by saying that, in my opinion, supervision is one of the great privileges of academic science. It, it can be enormously fulfilling. and and that that should be the bedrock of everything you go on to do, with the caveat that it's also incredibly challenging, and that the pressures on academic researchers and their students is increasing all the time. So within that, I think it's important to remember as a, a really important starting point is that no two students are the same. You may supervise one student and think that it's easy and that you know exactly how to do supervision. The next student could come with completely different needs and and challenges. They'll bring their own strengths, but they'll also uh, bring their own challenges, as I say. And because of that, providing them with the support they need to negotiate their way through the PhD is something that you need to constantly review and make sure that you're you're adapting to their needs rather than making them adapt to a rigid structure that you work in. So I've got a number of points, I would think I would start off, I would say, that as a supervisor, you need to be open to advice and other opinions. I think it's really important to take support where it's available and to recognise when it's needed. I think it's important to remember that as important as the research is that you're doing, the people involved in it are more important. uh, And that always needs to be the centre of your approach to developing a a healthy research group. And the final one is that you should treat everybody that you interact with as a, a supervisor with respect and consideration. Successful PhD supervision involves a wide range of people and it's important to recognise and appreciate the abilities and the efforts everybody brings to that process. But as I said, it's fantastic. I really enjoy being a supervisor and the best thing is seeing students flourish and move on and be successful.
1: Thank you very much. Really, really excellent and, and useful points. And, and thank you very much for your time this morning and giving us an insight into being a research supervisor. Some of the, the really positive points and some of the more challenging aspects.
2: No problem. It's a pleasure. I hope it's been useful.
0: Teaching Matters is brought to you by the University of Edinburgh's Institute for Academic Development. Episodes release every Friday, so please follow or subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen. We'd also be delighted for you to join the conversation. Please feel free to comment on our blog or send us an email at teachingmatters@ed.ac.uk. at ed.ac.uk. Music for today's show was provided by TuneSounds. Until next time, stay curious.